0: real browns fans podcast Uh, jordan and myself are joined by ian glendon the editor-in-chief of full press coverage but we're going to specifically talk about the tampa bay buccaneers ian how you doing today
1: i'm doing well fellas how you guys doing we're doing well
0: we're doing well again thank you for coming on yeah we're doing pretty great sure you know um like i said we're talking about the bucks today Uh, And as we know, they are the reigning Super Bowl champions, you know, something that Tom Brady is very familiar with.
1: (laughs) I I was
0: wondering if that was my cue. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's your cue. Go ahead and uh, uh, regale us with the tales of the glory of Tom Brady. (laughs)
1: well we've seen the story so many times before we know how it starts we know how it ends we know all the chatter that goes on in between i mean i i'm kind of joking but the reality of it is this is uh you know we've seen this happen before we've seen the build-up we've seen the reaction and and the continued denial of his greatness in some areas of the country and um you know, at the end of the day, it's it's him hoisting up a Lombardi trophy. And and coincidentally or not, as we are re, uh, recording this, they are set to get their rings uh, tonight. So uh, Tom is definitely well on his way to filling that second hand.
2: What was the <laughs> funniest thing to me about, like, Tom Brady this season is that there was a lot of years, like, when they beat the Rams in the Super Bowl, like, the year before, Tom Brady was like, oh, everybody doubted me. Like, dude, nobody doubted, like, he beats the five. Minutes. Nobody doubted you. Like, you're you're really – we all knew how great you were at that point. But, like, this year, like, people actually doubted him. It was, like, a new team, no Belichick. Different offense. Different offense. It's, like, people were really doubting him. It's, like, finally. Like, this was finally the year where it was, like, man, people actually did doubt him, and he just laughed in their faces.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's he's great at – you know, manu- manufacturing uh, motivation. Not that he needs yep. it, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, as we've seen with guys like Jordan, you know, you you to achieve this level of greatness and and le- you know to play as long as he has, you, you have to you have to be a little nutty. And uh, for him, his his craziness is channeled into football and how he prepares and you know all the things that he does. And you know, I think <clears throat> I, I think there were there were some. You know, he certainly uh, had a way of exaggerating the doubt. No, you know, for sure. And, and, and look, I mean, the, the folks, the, the, the smallest minority are, are usually the loudest. So the vast majority of people were not doubting his ability. But there, there were enough out there, you know, that, that were suggesting, oh, because of his age or because of this, you know, really things that, that really didn't have much substance to it. Because of that, he was, he was not the guy who was uh, going to be able to take a team to a Super Bowl and um you know as as you and i probably spoke about when we did this uh, uh podcast last year before this season uh i didn't see a decline at all and uh i one of my my biggest victory laps actually my only victory lap i can ever say in the uh the realm of predicting things was uh was nailing tom brady's essentially his entire season short of the mvp um, I, I did miss on that one. I said he was going to win the MVP. And I, I have an argument that he was the actual most valuable player uh, last season, but I, I will concede that to Aaron Rodgers. But, um, no, Tom, Dude, what's, what's you, the argument?
2: Hold on. You can't say well, that. you got to say the argument, yeah, too. sure. No, Andrew's I mean, thinking. look,
1: uh, you know, we all we all know that most valuable, the reality of it is the MVP, that's not what it is. I mean, we have this argument in every sport every year. Mm. Is it truly the most valuable? Well, Yes and no. I mean, to an extent it is, but if you have a player that has an extraordinary offensive output on a great team, he's going to win it, you know, especially at a position like quarterback. Yeah. Um, My case would be simply this Tampa Bay Buccaneers were seven and nine last year. Um, They hadn't won a playoff game since two. They hadn't gone to the playoffs since 2007. They hadn't won a playoff game since 2002 uh tom brady walks in the door they turn their season around or turn their franchise around go to the super bowl um and you know again add in the fact that you know his, his statistical this wasn't just a you know peyton manning in his final season type thing this was oh the guy threw 40 touchdowns and 4600 yards and uh-huh. you know he was statistically right up there with the very best and you know it, what am I going to value? Well, I'm going to value his impact as the, uh, the, the most valuable player because he single-handedly turned a franchise around. And now, again, when I say single-handedly, you know, some people jump on that, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Quarterback, most important position player clearly in football, uh, walks in. And if you talk to, you know, all of his teammates, coaches, his presence alone changed the mentality of that team. So I, I, I think there's a lot that goes into it. So if from a pure value standpoint, you know, Tom Brady to me, kind of like, you know, you can argue LeBron James in basketball Mm -hmm. is always the most valuable player every single year, Mm -hmm. because I mean, there's no one who brings more value to his team. And uh, so, and and yes, last year was really kind of, for me, a, a a season that really exemplified that. And now I understand why it went to Aaron Rodgers and, and I'm not saying he didn't deserve it, but you know, if we're talking, talking true value, true value Tom yeah. Yeah. Brady by the side.
0: I mean, that's a fair point. I mean, they I mean they added some guys in the, the offseason, of course, to help. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Rob Gronkowski, they added Antonio Brown along the way. So that obviously helps. But you look at who they had at quarterback last year, it was Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston did fine, but he, you know, did the 30-30, which you normally yeah. hear about in baseball, not football. <laughs> um, and they just switched the quarterback. They had, you know, um, kind of a late-career Gronk who was still productive, but obviously still not the same Gronk. They had Antonio Brown, and he did what he contributed. And the entire, you know, trajectory of the team was entirely different. It was significantly better, and they they did all the things they haven't done in 20 years almost. They've, they've won a playoff game. They went to the Super Bowl. They won with Tom Brady as their quarterback. I think he get, deserves a lot of credit for that. And like you said, with the Peyton Manning comparison, uh, he was a corpse during their last uh, Super Bowl run. Uh, like
1: 9 and 17 touchdown interception. Oh, and I, I really put a lot of value in, you know, yeah. touchdown interception ratio, but 9 touchdowns and 17 interceptions, that's, I, that's it, not good. It's bad.
0: It, let's be real. It's Peyton fucking Manning. You don't expect that from him, okay?
1: <laughs> but I what's mean, a,
2: that, like... It was also funny to me that season for Peyton, right? Because he was always a really smart quarterback. Mm-hmm. And it felt like so like this is to me it has always been a difference between Brady and Manning as age. I feel like when Manning started losing that athleticism after the injuries as he was getting older, he played like not as smart of a quarterback. Like I think he had a very tough time adjusting. I don't I really <laughs> actually think he ever was able to adjust to the low level lower levels of athleticism. And maybe it's just because Tom Brady, like, obviously a phenomenal athlete, but he wasn't drafted because of a really strong arm, right? And he can't – I mean, I can run as fast as Tom Brady can. And so maybe that's part of it, but I feel like Tom Brady has really, like, as he's aged, has gotten even smarter and, like, even better at reading plays and, like, reading defenses and coverages and exploiting them. And, like, last year to me, it was just – so clear. Like he was doing that every play of every game. Just well, like tearing defenses apart mentally.
1: And and I'm glad you brought this up because this really kinda I'm sorry, I'm kinda commandeering the conversation oh, that's here, all but opened up the door Great. for some of my, my, my bigger points and like uh you know, about and that is a good point because like sometimes, you know, as an athlete as you age, I mean you you have to go through the adjustment of learning, you know, how to deal with your physical limitations. Now, you know, again, Tom Brady's a different case for for a lot of reasons i i think his physical limitations are 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 really i mean here's the thing people over the years during this fantasy football era of of football the the social media fantasy football Mm -hmm. fantasy shows this that and the other have mistakenly equated fast running and far throws with good quarterback play. Right. And it's never been about that. So you know, Tom is an athlete, yes, but he's an athlete. He it, it it you know, he, he doesn't go out and run track and field. That's not the type of athlete. There's so many different type of athletes, and and for some reason people get enamored with the track and field star when it's when it's a quarterback, when it's throwing the football, and there's so much more. Uh, uh like you brought up the mentality of it, the 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 reading defenses, making right decisions, just everything about the position that. One cannot be quantified and that's, a, that's another uh, stumbling block for people is that they get tr- they get fixed on certain numbers and there's just no way to quantify everything in football. So the idea that you know he has lost the step physically, like even if he did, and again, I, I can sit here and make an argument and say that you know he, he might have actually like gained some things physically as crazy as it sounds, there's no chance that his mental part of his game, is going to drop off so Correct. that leads me to well who's the best quarterback in the league today well i say it's tom brady and you know people are like oh it's patrick Mahomes, patrick Mulholland. I'm like you know, he's a phenomenal athlete he's got a lot of flaws in this game though but he's a young player so he's going to learn and as yeah. he learns we're going to determine whether or not his greatness was was short-lived or you know he's one of the all-time greats but you know People get enamored with the physicality, and we saw it after the Super Bowl. I mean, good God. I mean, how many people have celebrated an incomplete pass? But <laughs> yeah. the reality of it is, yeah. despite his great start, his 2018 season, that one season didn't make him smarter than Tom Brady. There's not a quarterback in the league right now that can touch Brady's pre-snap ability, and people are like, oh, you that's that's hyper. No, no, it's, it's, it's true. And his ability to diagnose and make these decisions and you know consistently year in and year out do these things and people are like oh he's it's luck it's this it's that no it's it's tom he's the smartest football player on the field today and i think when it comes to looking at quarterbacks it's not about throwing 50 touchdowns it's about throwing the right number of touchdowns and the right touchdowns in the right time and no one does better than brady so I guess I just made my case sort of for him being the best in the league now. But again, a lot of it has to do with mental and then he's great physically too. So,
2: yeah, well, and I, I mean like, I, so like two points, right? One, I agree. And to me, it is not just to basketball. Like LeBron James, I don't what anybody says he's still the best player in the NBA. Giannis had an incredible finals. Mm-hmm. LeBron's the best player in the NBA. And it's kind of like the new fancy thing. And I think where like Giannis has these flaws that LeBron just, doesn't have right like shooting's a big one I mm-hmm. think Mahomes and Brady are the same where Mahomes has like one real key flaw in this game but it is an enormous flaw which is he can't throw like without these massive dropbacks, mm-hmm. right to get the most out of Pat Mahomes you have to put him in at least a five-step drop oftentimes more whereas so like for me that disrupts the rhythm of that offense and like all it takes
1: real, is real quick. And I'll, yeah. I, just, I just want to chime in. I think that is part of his accuracy problem and a reason yeah. why I think he needs to improve. But that, go ahead. Sorry. I just wanted to chime in with that. Yeah.
2: No, no. I totally agree. And I think, but so the point I was about to make like in the Super Bowl, the Buccaneers have a great pass rush and they're able just to get him off rhythm by a split second. And when Mahomes gets off rhythm, that entire offense does. Because like if Brady makes a bad throw, what ends up like he just like it's still the same beat right like hmm. they know at nine eight seconds they're gonna snap the ball right there's they know what play they're running after this one no matter what whereas with Mahomes, like if he messed up you may have lost 12 yards on the play yep and you don't have that problem with Tom brady and so to me i that is like part of what makes time brady special and I, I think your point you can't quantify it i mean i guess you 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 Could but it would be a pain in the ass, and I don't know for how much gain it would give what somebody. But like, whenever I watch Tom Brady, whether it was Buccaneers or Patriots, he has always like had the rhythm of that offense down like a steady beat. Like he's just a great drummer.
1: No, that's that's a great point. And and to the the quantifiable part of it is, you know, there's things that just we, we talk about football, and there's so many nuances to the game. Like, just, hit, you know, you can't quantify how a quarterback looks off of safety. Like, there's right. no way to do that. You know, there's no, like, okay, uh, you know, people point to passer rating a lot. And I, I, I think, you know, <laughs> pa- passer rating is, is such a – as the years go on, it becomes more and more useless, in my opinion. But people will point to passer rating, and I'm like, well, you know, passer rating is all well and good, but, you know, it, it doesn't account for sacks. And, and – In some cases, sacks are are very much on the quarterback as much, if not more, than the offensive line. And and I do think that quarterbacks like as great as Patrick Mahomes is, as great as Aaron Rodgers is, they will always have that instinct to tuck and run. And sometimes it's necessary, no doubt. Sometimes it's necessary for them. But there's enough times out there that they do it and it ends up hurting themselves because the offensive line can't be expected to protect for a guy that's running around, you know, 20 yards back and forth across the field. What are they supposed to do? You know, they're they're not meant to do that. And then you right. have, you know, situations where, you know, I can't remember the play, but I just saw it shared. Uh, I think it might have been against the Dolphins even. Uh, Mahomes scrambles back immediately and he starts doing the, the awkward zigzag back and forth and he gets sacked for a loss of 20 yards. Now, again, that's not happening all the time. And of course, you know, this is, a strength to their game is, is playing this physic you know, physical type of, of quarterbacking. But, you know, again, kind of like the whole, some people, you know, people have just convinced themselves that fantasy stats dictate great quarterback play. Well, people have also convinced themselves that the, the future and the way the position should be played is well in, in an athletic running style. And then I say, well, how often is that sustained? Like, I mean, it's, right. to me there, there's no, It's not a coincidence that you go through and you look at the the quarterbacks that have had the most consistent success throughout the entire history of the league, no matter what era, are the the ones that stand up. But it's not that they're protected more. It's that I feel like sometimes they use their head more. And the quarterback position is so heady Mm -hmm. that it almost negates – like clearly tom brady like you don't need to run around to play good quarterback that's kind of what i'm getting at like yeah you don't need to leave the pocket to be a great quarterback and some people look at that as like uh uh, something of a flaw in brady's game and i'm like wait a minute he can make every single throw that these guys make he just doesn't have to run around to do it so
2: right like if you were going to ask me to pick a quarterback under i don't 25 right Mm -hmm. like pay quarterback under 25 that you want to be the face of your franchise it to me it's pat mahomes and i don't even think about it mm-hmm. but like i think pat mahomes i i think you're right is that like because he is actually really really athletic like he has been able to use that as an exit point i think the other thing for pat mahomes is it's not just athletic in the legs like i think he's actually a really good pocket passer it's oh, just no. that I think he, he... Lo- Right. Like he loves a deep pocket because his vision and his arm are so good. And like that comes like that is immaturity. Right. Is a quarterback that like Brady just doesn't have. Exactly. Right. Like Br- I've seen Brady all the time do those like seven step dropbacks, Right. Like once, twice a game, his entire career, he's done those and he does them really well. But for Brady, it's like uh, something he only does once or twice a game. Right. He doesn't need to do it every play. And to get the most out of Pat Mahomes, you kind of do. And I think that, to me, that is just, like, that is what gives Brady an edge in a vacuum, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I I, I think there's—I probably disagree with you a little bit. I think—and this has to do with I just don't—like, I, I, I don't rate much of what the Packers have going on around Aaron Rodgers. Like, I know they have Devontae Adams, who's incredible, right? And they, they have a good talent, but— I, that that team, I think he carried much more than people want to believe. I guess he won MVP, so maybe they didn't want to believe it. But um, like I think Brady and Rodgers, actually. I, I will put Rodgers in this He's not as good at it as Brady, but like he's good at it. Like, very much just like – it's not – I mean, it is just that rhythm thing, right? Like, I never worry that he's going to do something so stupid it's going to cost you a game.
1: Like and I agree. I agree. And like people think, uh, you know, if, if you've ever followed me on Twitter, you think I hate <laughs> Packer. and I really, think I really don't. But you know, unfortunately, the the loudest, you know, I guess anti Brady crowd has been Packers crowd, and and I, I think yeah. it's a shame because I think we've kind of lost perspective a little bit, and uh, ultimately. I, like I said, I agree with you to an extent and I'm not going to argue, uh, his MVP worthiness. Like I do think he deserved the MVP and like people will sit there and be really confused how I speak. Like, like I think winning the MVP is great. I don't think that makes you the the best quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's just a year to year thing. Um, with Aaron Rodgers, and I tell this to the fans and it, it ticks them off a little bit at the end of the day, regardless of what you think his help is or, or, you know, where, uh, uh, th- you know, blame should lie here, blame should lie there. If he plays marginally better in a few championship games, he has a few opportunities to win Super Bowls. And at the end of the day, that's one of the biggest differences between the two. And it's a huge difference when, when you're talking about uh. uh end of career legacy like it's yeah. not a like on the stat sheet it's not going to be a huge difference people are going to sit there and again point to pass a rating or this that and the other and say oh he did this he did that but you know you don't have that gap of success you know by accident and and i think it did kind of you know i guess to bring it back to the bucks and the in the current uh, uh what we saw last year i think it was very much exemplified in this game, not only in the stats, but on what we saw. I mean, people are, are arguing to the to the moon about Aaron Rodgers outplaying Brady, but, you know, that's that's using passer rating. And the fact that he didn't throw interceptions. Well, you know, yeah, the interceptions aren't good. But the reality of it was right after those interceptions, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers went three and out both times. And in both situations, their drives lasted shorter. Than the interception drives, you know, that Brady right. went on, and and they gained fewer yards and and set the Bucks up in better field position, off the punt versus off the interception. So people again have tricked themselves. You look deeper into some of the you know, you know more analytical analytics, it suggests Brady was was obviously the better player. And at the end of the yep. day, he made the plays in the right time because the last two drives of the game, field goal drive, and then two minutes to kill the clock. That was it. Aaron yeah, Bar- there's
2: a German guy who's a Bucks fan on Twitter, uh, Timo Riske, and he works for PFF now, but he mm-hmm. was not he'd been I think just independent before, and he had this article when the Bucks signed Brady, and it basically was like, we don't know why, but like if you look at like these real models, not like pass rating, but like real models, like it suggests like Tom Brady, like just switching teams is going to make the Bucks one of the best teams in the nfl and this was obviously before the season and it was just like it's we can't quantify it right it's not like the yards he throws it's just that it's if you winning. look at over his career right he has like this impact on winning that we still can't really quantify seven you know and it's nine.
1: there like we see seven and there. nine on third down in that game all seven yep. went for first downs and th- that yep. that's not quantified in passer rating that's not quantified in qbr or or oh inter- you know, yeah it's it's that's the reality and that's you know touchdown passes and interceptions they aren't created equal and yeah I, I understand that you know what i mean like touchdowns obviously are all worth six points but you know a touchdown down 28 to 10 when when the defense is is you know kind of just coasting trying to get to the end of the game isn't as as important as a touchdown that comes in the final seconds of the first half where you give up a, a I don't want to say a fairly certain 50 yard 57 yard field goal but a pretty good guaranteed three points mm-hmm. against the Packers to take a risk and throw a deep pass to Scotty Miller for a touchdown where the clock would have ran out so they were they were giving up points in a very close game and that play turned the game around and all of a sudden you're looking at the Bucks says well they're pretty much going to scroll now th- again interceptions brought him back in but Mm -hmm. you can't account for some of the little nuances and it kind of like i said goes back to my bigger point where you you just can't do that especially with quarterback play
0: I, i think what it comes down to when people find themselves in the middle of the aaron Rodgers tom brady debate which you seem to uh on a daily basis, Ian, it finds um, me. <laughs> what it is. It, it finds me. <laughs> if you ever want to see Ian dunk on some people, uh, go check out his timeline. Quite entertaining. Um, but I think people get enamored with the, with the flashier play of Aaron oh, Rodgers yeah. versus Tom Brady, who looks more like a steady Eddie, even though he's not that he's, <laughs> he's basically the, you know, the best guy ever to play the position, but because he, he's not doing the, the rollouts or breaking tackles or, you know, throwing on the run, people get, you know, just kind of blinded by Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, sports Center top 10 plays versus Tom Brady's overall continued effectiveness.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it really... It's kind of been the like the big theme of the show, actually. I kind of like it because it's right in my wheelhouse. Of, <laughs> <laughs> we got we gotta we gotta stop getting so you know nuts about some of these plays. Like I, you know, again, I'll bring bring up the whole Patrick Mahomes thing, and it's like, look, the, at the end of the day, it was a bad throw mm-hmm. into a quadruple coverage, by the way, that just happened to go through Devin White's hands, and then it hit the the Chiefs player. So, but all people remember is the horizontal throw. And the ball hitting the the, the Chiefs players hands. It's right. like, you know, it's like those ESVN graphics where they wipe out like the players and then they do the weird camera angles. And it, it's that's what people remember. They're just mm-hmm. forget about the defenders surrounding them. Forget that it was a bad play and and you know very, you know, just not a close game. So like, but like you said, I mean, people love the athleticism, athleticism. They love the craziness. But that's not what quarterbacking is. Quarterbacking is now not not everyone can play quarterback in the pocket the way brady does no one can in my opinion so this isn't to say that uh, a pocket quarterback let's say mac jones just because you know keep it keep it somewhat together is all it just automatically better than any running quarterback no there's running quarterbacks that are going to be better than pocket passers i'm just saying there's no quarterback running or not that's better than tom brady now or then or ever so you know right now i i think it's fun. It's easy for people to discuss. Uh, you know, we, we've seen how I think how I don't want to say basic, but how basic a lot of the national programs are. It's much easier to to argue this than to argue actual things that require deep thought. And I make this point with Patrick Mahomes a lot is, We shouldn't even be talking about him and and Tom Brady in the same sentence. Certainly not after these three years. I mean, Brady has bested him a couple times now at this point. So what we should be talking about, and it's harder to talk about, is his standing, and you mentioned it already, with with the young gun crew of quarterbacks, which I think there's a lot of really good ones. Obviously, I would put him at the top,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. but it might get interesting in a couple years. I mean, who's to say that Justin Herbert doesn't all of a sudden have two great seasons in a row, and all of a sudden you're thinking, wow. Maybe Justin Herbert's the best quarterback in that division. I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but yeah, you know, that conversation. No, and
2: I, I don't like, I don't like projecting rookies at all because I'm horrible at it. But like Trevor Lawrence, I still think could be. He could be Andrew Luck. Yeah. To me, like I think he's that talented. Again, I he also could be Ryan Leaf. I'm, I'm,
1: he, I'm he bad at projecting, but.
2: I think you're right. I think there's some special young quarterbacks out there.
1: Well, and, and, and that's why I think that the conversation should be more about Patrick Mahomes versus those guys. And then if you want to talk about career-wise, well, I, I, and again, this has been part of my timeline a lot lately is, well, you got you got three guys you can compare into to. Dan Marino, Kurt Warner, and Aaron Rodgers. You know, a contemporary and, and two guys that – and one guy that was – you know, well, actually, both of them are really kind of, you know, that that era where Brady first started. So, yeah, one real contemporary and then, you know, two that were close enough in terms of, uh, you know, overlapping eras. But they all had great first three years in the league. Mm-hmm. Kurt Warren won a couple MVPs. He went to a Super Bowl, won an, a Super Bowl, a couple Super Bowls. Dan Marino won an MVP his first season, set the touchdown record, which stood forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously went to a Super Bowl, didn't go back. So, You know, when it comes to discussing where does Patrick Mahomes rank in history, we'll start with those two conversations. Forget about Brady. Brady is so, 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 so far in the distance that, like, you shouldn't even, like, his breath shouldn't even be mentioned in the same sentence. And again, we're talking about not just uh, Brady's history. Look at during Patrick Mahomes' career, (laughs) he's beaten him twice in two of the biggest the the two biggest stages they could have possibly met. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's harder to have those conversations, though. It's easy to to throw out Brady versus Mahomes because, you know what, you throw out a stupid question, (laughs) you're going to get stupid responses on both sides, and you're never going to find anything, and it's just going to be an endless cycle of rinse and repeat and that's that's kind of where we're at rant over i guess (laughs) Uh,
0: now (laughs) (laughs) i i I will say it's fair to have conversations comparing mahomes and brady during one specific season and only that one specific season but if when people start talking (laughs) the legacy of patrick mahomes like okay let's calm down here okay he's got a long way to go before he starts comparing legacies right well like if pat mahomes
2: came in won two mvps and three super bowls it'd be okay like If there's ever going to be a guy that rivals it, it's this guy. But, like, he's been great. He's been incredible. I haven't seen a young quarterback like him in a very long time. But, like, you can't compare careers. It's not even – Especially
1: especially when no are concurrent runs, Brady's has been better. You know, like, people (laughs) will be like, well, Patrick Mahomes has done this. I'm like, yeah, well, well, guess what? During these three years, Brady has been, you know, obviously beaten twice, won two Super Bowls. So it's like – it's just – like I'd love to have that conversation, but I think it, it cheapens the actual conversation. I think it's unfair to Brady and Mahomes, really, because sure. I I don't you know who's to say that he wants this. Now maybe he does. Maybe he's I don't think he is. I think he's a very humble kid and he seems like a really good good kid. So I'm not I, I don't think he actually sits there and says, yeah, I'm better than Todd No, I think he is. You know, would look at this with perspective, but fans don't. So they sit there and they'll, we'll go back and forth and we get these cheap conversations all the time, but, you know, the reality of it is I want to see what these young quarterbacks do. I want to see if, you know, Mahomes does become more Peyton Manning, you know, multiple Super Bowl uh, winner or appearance guy, or does he become Kurt Warner and only go to three or, or you know, Aaron Rodgers, maybe he doesn't go to one, you know, another one. And, and I tell people all the time, like, the odds of, of pa- Patrick Mahomes going to zero super bowls the rest of his career is so much higher than him going to four or five let alone 10 that again Mm -hmm. that just makes the whole conversation silly and i i think we can have better conversations about quarterbacks that don't involve like this huge gap that just will never reconcile but you know hey as long as they keep playing in super bowls we're gonna keep uh we're gonna keep hearing it
0: so I'm glad you brought up that very specific sentence because uh, something that me and Jordan have talked about many times and we've asked most of our guests about is uh, some of the young quarterbacks from uh, a draft not too long ago, one of them happens to play for the Browns, one of them plays for the Bills, one of them plays for the Ravens. Uh, You better know them uh, as uh, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Uh, The conversation around those three seems to be... Uh, an interesting one Uh, you know going into last season it seemed like Lamar Jackson was going away and running away with the torch of the best quarterback of that class but right now I'd say it's probably Josh Allen what do you think
1: uh yeah I mean look I think obviously uh I'm not you know one of those people that sit there and say Lamar Jackson can't throw no I I'm I'm very biased towards uh strong pocket passers and I, I think Lamar Jackson's a pretty good one uh, Josh Allen showed that he could be a really great one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no guarantee. There's yeah. no guarantee. Um, he's certainly, you know, we're, we're basing a lot of this on a huge leap in that, that third year. Stefan Diggs helps. Oh yeah. Some consistency, you know, and a team, a good team around him certainly helps. Um, but we've seen progression each year and, and that's really important with a quarterback. Cause not every quarterback is, is, is coming in ready to go. Mm-hmm. You know, some, some players need a little bit a couple of years to really blossom and, and grow and we've seen that progression now you know if we're, we're getting halfway through the season next year and he looks like he's regressed you know i'm gonna have a, a much different answer but um right now i do think that he has had the the steadiest growth and i i think he has the steadiest uh supporting cast around him like i i like obviously baker mayfield has a lot of talent but you know, that first, I mean, I I don't know how it looked from your perspective, but that first season, the Freddie Kitchens experience, that was a, I mean, I was sitting back with popcorn just waiting for that train ride. I mean, to me, it was, it was just, it was so easy to see that as just being a disaster waiting to happen because it's just, it's, it's tough. And there were so many good players on that team that it's a shame that you kind of lost a year, but we've seen that turnaround. We've seen that kind of, change obviously last year and i I do think baker mayfield could really um really take a run at that best of the three quarterbacks this year
2: yeah i mean my view on baker and james and i agree on this which is like sometimes it's unfortunate because we just never disagree about it on the
1: podcast (laughs) but like
2: we've had one and a half really really awful seasons from baker and one and a half really really great seasons from baker there's been no in between Um, and I think for me, what that ends up getting at is, yeah, I mean, Baker has the talent to be at least right up there with Josh Allen as a pocket passer, right? But he's so inconsistent. And one thing Josh Allen has been his entire career, hasn't always been good, but he's been consistent in his play. It's very predictable. And, and there's an element to that that I think is steady, right? So it's like, how do you pick between the Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield tier? Right. They're like these guys. Well, I don't know for good or bad. The difference between, I think Tannehill and cousins, and then Baker are that Tannehill and cousins are much more consistent. I don't love inconsistent quarterback play kind of like Tom Brady's the other extreme, extreme, right? He's like the most consistent NFL player I've ever seen. Um, Game to game, year to year. But, baker i I think when you have an inconsistent quarterback if he has a bad game the team loses and that's really a lot of what we've seen with the browns and i I just think it gets like i don't know for me i i like baker like as a dude he's like a fun quarterback to root for i don't know that i i think he is going to be of the tier where you would want to give him a pretty big extension
1: no, and in, in consistency—that's definitely uh, a huge concern because, <clears throat> like, that's the thing. You can, you, you, you have some great, you can have some great highs, great highs for sure, and you see some great quarterback play. But all it takes is one or two bad plays, and if they happen consistently enough, it can change an entire direct uh, trajectory of a season. Um, you know, Jameis Winston's probably the most extreme example of that. But uh, no one's going to argue and sit here and say the Bucks weren't eight you know, a, a team with talent, but as we've seen before, talent doesn't get you anything unless you can put it together. And, you know, if you have a guy that I'm not saying Baker Mayfield turns into Jameis Winston, but if you have a guy that makes one or two really boneheaded mistakes once a game, that's enough to sink your ship pretty quickly. And when well, and
2: people don't like talk about it, Jameis, when he was on, and like you cover the box, so you know this, like when Jameis was on, he would look like Pat Mahomes.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big arm, strong arm. You know, great throwing, uh, great spiral, everything like that. But that's the problem. Yeah. If he only does that 75 percent of the time, it means 25 percent of the time you're getting, well, in his case, some really bad quarterback play. And and that even is- if he does it 90 percent of the time, right? Yeah. Like, as a quarterback, like if you if it's
2: 10 percent, you're not going to be elite.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
2: So I guess non quarterback question. To me, like and you've kind of joked about this coming on, like when we were starting, the Buccaneers really it's more or less the same team mm-hmm. going into this season. But one of the questions I had was like you guys have so many or the Bucks have so many like Devin young guys like Devin White, Tristan Wirs, uh the guard, i Ali Marpet. Yep. Yep. Marpath, Carlton Davis, Winfield, right? Like you have all of these really good. So to me, that's one of the most interesting storylines about the Buccaneers is, I mean, can they be better this year? Like I imagine all of those guys are going
1: to improve. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and, and I say this really kind of just, you know, I, I got this vision of this team, you know, obviously when Brady signed and, and like I said, I'm going to, you know, pat myself on the back a little bit, but you know, again, I, I, picked uh, uh, Brady to go 4,600 yards and and 38 touchdowns. So I'd I'd say I was pretty accurate because I was only off by those two touchdowns. So to me, I looked at it as, well, they're going to have a season where they're going to struggle. There's going to be times, uh, you know, looking at it as a a, a pandemic season, no preseason. Yeah, there's going to be times where this team, I've seen it with the Patriots every single year. But kind of to what you were talking about before, you're not you're not living this manic lifestyle, you know. You're not living, you know, with the highest of highs and lowest of lows. You're keeping yourself focused on the ultimate goal because ultimately it's a week to week league. You have to win one week, then the next, then the next, then the next. There's no jumping around, skipping around. So the ability to to focus the team and keep them focused even through the struggles was something that was admirable because then all of a sudden you saw this team get a breather. They finally got a breather after a bye week. They had, I think, 12 or 13 straight weeks uh, of games uh, during, like I said, this really strange season where they were trying to learn on the fly. And then you started to see things start to come together. There was that really bad game in Chicago. Uh, There was like six or seven penalties on a single drive. They lost that game by like two points. It was really just a a, a real low for them. Um, Then, of course, the Saints game where they just got walloped. uh, and it just looked like this team was completely lost. But in, in hindsight, those are the games where you really learn the most about yourself. And you either, you know, kind of crumble in the, under the pressure or you take that and you learn from your mistakes. And, you know, this team uh, over the last several weeks sitting there watching I'm like, wow, To to your point, Brady had this offense to the point where they were just... A, just a machine up and down the field like even if the if, if the series didn't end in points it was still it, you you saw the consistency you saw the, the 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 plays being run it wasn't like they were running around trying to figure out what the hell they're do the defense was was creating turnovers it felt like every game they were getting an interception or a fumble and all of a sudden i'm like wow okay this is a team that really could win a super bowl and if if they had to win eight games in the playoffs to do it i honestly think they could have I mean, I, I don't think, you know, it, some of the scores indicate closer games, but I really don't think this team was losing another game for a long time. I mean,
0: you, you just looked at, you know, what, what they were able to do. They just they, they got into high gear. Everything seemed to click. It was just like that. Usually uh, getting to uh, a bye that, that late in the season is not necessarily – the most desirable thing, but sometimes it can work to their benefit. And it seems like yeah. that was just the right time for them to recharge, regroup, get that little mental refresh, and just not lose another game the rest of the
1: season. Yeah, it, it was. It was really. It was perfect for them. I mean, they were a little bit banged up. Uh, uh, Mike Evans had had missed a little bit of time. Not he. He was banged up. I don't think he missed too too much. Uh, too many snaps. Chris Godwin obviously missed a few games. Excuse me. Antonio Brown was a little, little sore, but you get that extra week's rest. You get that chance to, to really fix some mistakes. Because again, you know that week one matchup against the Saints was the first time any of them had been on the field. And I know a lot of these guys, you know, were holdovers from 2019. But when, when you're on offense and you have a new quarterback, you're essentially playing with a brand new team, and none of them had played together uh, and, and didn't get a chance to, to sit back and kind of. Take it all in until that bye week, and when they did, they they just they really took off.
2: Well, and credit to Arians too, right? Oh, sure. I mean, like I people, it's obviously at a much different degree because Arians has proved to be one of the best offensive minds of all time. But like the Brown, like with the Browns this year, everybody's like, oh, well, Stefanski, he's the old school outside zone guy. It's like, well, did you watch the team? Like, yeah, we ran a lot of outside zone, and we kind of like a lot of the Kubiak. Stuff, but like Savantky also did a ton of duo, right? And like there were a ton of slant type, like non play action drop back plays. And, and I feel like Arians, it's much more extreme. Whereas everybody's like, oh well, Arians can only call these like long passes. Like he's like the hit and shoot guy. It's like, not really. Like he had one season where, I think it was the, I forgot, maybe, I forgot what team it was. He was the offensive coordinator, and there was like one year where he did that and like that reputation stuck with him it, it was a very different offense this past year than it was under Jameis. Jameis, it was much more of kind of that hit and shoot
1: well because uh, that, that's really yeah. all he could do i mean people want to sit there and uh, there's a certain few people on twitter <clears throat> one in particular uh that will sit there and tell you bruce arians ruined Jameis. well well no maybe Jameis just can't do the short stuff because it's not easy as easy as just dumping it off as, as people want to suggest this is really you have to be able to read and react so quickly and just learn what defenses are doing so that's why tom was able able to thrive in in a system where you know he had to throw a lot deep because yeah arians does like to throw a lot deep that's kind of his thing and that's true but you know to your point this idea that they were going to be so one-dimensional was was kind of odd because like and i said it before the season like if bruce arians like he's been in, he's been in a lot of rooms with a lot of really good quarterbacks. This is the first time he wasn't the alpha. And right. I, you know, I'm not I'm not, you know, I'm not a Aubrey Huff alpha guy, you know no. what I mean? Like you know, it's certainly in the news. Uh, it's certainly I, I don't I don't really kind of uh uh uh, uh I, I don't believe in that old mentality, but you know what I mean. Like when he's in the room with a young Peyton Manning, like he's, he's the boss, you know, it's Bruce Arians. You know, he's your coach. I don't care where you come from. Uh, when he's in the locker room with, with Ben Roethlisberger or, or Andrew Luck or, or certainly James Winston, you know, he was the man. It, you're coming into a, a situation where, yeah, you're the boss. You're the coach that's Tom effing Brady sitting over there. Like (laughs) he's not going to sit there and and play that up. You know, Brady would never do that. He, he respects that, that coach player, you know, relationship, but to a point like, like if if Bruce wasn't going to be open to learning what Tom liked, this would have never worked Mm -hmm. because, you know, it it just, you, you can't work. But like you said, to Bruce's credit, he was very open to it. And, and I think like, you know, people tried to find drama wherever they could, because, you know, hey, that's, that's, that's what people do. That's that's what, what, that's what gets views and clicks. But the reality of it was they were just trying to find their way. And I think uh, the, the, the timing of the bye week their willingness to work together and, and, you know, make the right decisions like, okay, let's, let's do this. Okay, Tom, you like this. We're going to do this. All right. Well, I'm Bruce Arians I'm the head coach, but you know what? That's Tom Brady. I'm going to listen to him. I may be an offensive guy. That may be my thing. That's Tom Brady. And he plays this game and he's played it pretty well for for a number of years. So uh, that relationship was key because if you don't have that, you don't win the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? You, you're not going to get through a season like this. Um, and to answer your question, I think they come into the season better. <laughs> long, long answer to say something pretty short. Yes, I, I think with all that said, everything they went to last year, I thought they were going to be better this year because they'd actually have a whole season together. And Lucky for them, they won a Super Bowl in their first year, so th- this is kind of house money right now.
2: Yeah, no, I, I mean, I just think there's so much young talent, and like young talent that performed last year. Yeah, I mean, there's a receiver, uh Johnson, Tyler Johnson, is that was name? like yep. who, in short spurts and kind of the middle of the season looked really good. Mm-hmm. He's gonna get better, right? And maybe that doesn't show up too much this year because the same receiving talent's still there, but next year it will. Like, to me, this is a team that even if Brady retires, has so much young talent and so much going for it. And I don't think Brady's going to retire anytime soon, but I'm just like, it's a Tom Brady, I think you're right, is probably the best. Like, in any individual game, there's not a player I'd rather have, right? I, it, but like, I think this team long term is set up for success, especially in that division. Like, I, I think the Saints are going to surprise a lot of people with how bad they are without Drew Brees like (laughs) I think Drew Brees was covering for a lot Uh, even in his last year where like last year or two years where he wasn't as good like I think he was covering for a lot I don't know what the Panthers are doing like I liked the Darnold trade, and I get why they were doing it but like I don't see anything on that team that is very clearly going to be like okay well I see how this team can like evolve to be a great team like by the time they're a good team McCaffrey's not going to be the same player Mm -hmm. Right, and, and so I just I don't see their long term outlook being great. The only one I can see are the Falcons, and even then, like I don't know, man. I just fucking ears, like it just to me, feel like they are built for long term success. It's all about like, the, the Super Bowl was nice, but
1: long term. It's, it's all about it, it, it's all about the quarterback, though. You know, at the end of the day, if they cannot answer the who will take on the, the the role after tom brady then you're gonna have you know perhaps middling success because we saw that with with James winston and and yeah. and to your point i mean they certainly weren't as talented in 2019 there's a lot of you know differences in the two but to to that same point there really wasn't a whole lot of differences between the two and there was a lot of talent and we've seen a lot of talent surround players but you know uh, I, I have this thing where, like, you know, people do the tired-wire thing, and, and to me mm. the whole tired thing is defense wins championships. It's like, no, it doesn't. Oh, it's, 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 it's offense does. wins championships. It, it's very clearly offense because this entire league has shifted to offense. The you know, rules have shifted. The rules have shifted. You can sit there and look at any sort of metric and just see the gradual growth from year to year to year that, you know, it's it's very clearly an offensive game. So this whole idea that, oh, you— defense which no it doesn't stop that that's such a dumb cliche i hate it so much it drives me nuts so like you know to me you can have all the talent in the world you can have a great defense the patriots guess what they had the number one uh scoring defense last year or and yards deep or some some crazy stuff like that yeah well guess what it didn't matter <laughs> it didn't matter they didn't get great quarterback play they had really good defensive play but maybe it wasn't number one but it was high up there was certainly a top 10 defense and you know, from anyone that argues anti-Brady stuff, from what they, they say, all you need is a top 10 defense to win a Super Bowl because, you know, anyways, defense doesn't win championships, offenses do, but to your point, if the Bucks can find a good successor, again, assuming Brady doesn't play four or five years because that's, you know, that would be ridiculous, right? <laughs> right? right. Like, yeah, it's, even I think that's ridiculous, but you know at the same time i feel like if i'm gonna take a bet i'm I, I don't know if i would take the under on on 47 and a half let's just put it that way uh, I, mean, I, maybe I wouldn't <laughs> i you know honestly like he keeps saying 45 but at the same time he hasn't like he keeps leaving that door open he's like well if i feel good if i feel that so there, there hasn't been a hard no i'm retiring like if we'll see we'll see but um no i think the bucks are set up uh, long-term wise they're, they're obviously going to have uh, they're going to have to replace some some quality veteran talent next year uh, but you know we, you know if you have guys like Antoine Winfield and Carlton Davis and and some of these younger guys that are really uh Devin White you know that are that are growing and, and getting better then it's going to be easier to find you know maybe not a player as good as say you know Indomitian Sioux has been for them as a veteran player but someone who can fill that gap a little bit more um which which could very much be joe Tryon, one of their (laughs) one of their draft picks so uh uh, again i mean this team if you're the buccaneers you've done a lot of winning since winning the super bowl i mean I, i i honestly cannot see a single uh a bad move or bad decision they've made uh since the end of the super bowl and they made a lot of good ones leading up to it
0: it definitely seems like the, the Buccaneers are are still in good hands and still somehow on an upward trajectory, even though they did just win the Super Bowl. Somehow the trajectory is still going up, which mm-hmm. doesn't seem possible. But here we are. <laughs> um, is there a, a scenario outside of a, a Tom Brady season-ending injury, knock on wood, uh, mm. that would
1: derail their season entirely? No no and, and and again i know people sit here and, and they've accused me of it of being a brady haunt, but i in in 20 some odd years of playing football the guy's been in uh, 14 championship games like you, you, if you if you are if you are quarterbacked <laughs> by tom brady the the bar the the the, the floor is is a it's being the final 14 um so in that sense, I don't think there's really anything that can derail them. I mean, you know, we've seen him lose Rob Gronkowski for an entire season, still make it to the AFC championship game. He's lost several players and had Julian Edelman playing defensive back. Doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot
0: about that
2: one. That was hilarious.
1: yeah. And so to me, I just, I look at it like a short of him missing significant time. There's nothing to suggest that this team at the very least will not be in the NFC Championship game again, and, and again, it's just based on just <laughs> the just <a> long <clears throat> list of examples uh, of of this happening. So,
0: okay, so you have a pretty strong feeling about them being the NFC title game. Uh, let's let's get some percentages
1: out from you here.
0: So, percentage they make it to the NFC title game, make it to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl,
1: uh, putting you on the hot seat. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. uh, I, again, I'm dead serious when I say it. Like, I looked at this team last year and I saw, like, one after I took my blinders off thinking that, oh, Tom Brady would never leave the Patriots. uh, I came out of that haze and, uh, you know, shaking my head a little bit. And I'm looking around. I'm like, wow, the obvious answer was was clearly Tampa. What what was I thinking? I mean, this is this is a great situation for him. Mm -hmm. And then I looked a little bit closer. I'm like, okay, this team is. I mean, right off the bat, a Super Bowl team. And now this was before getting Gronk and, and Antonio Brown. And in hindsight, maybe they don't win without either of those two. Well, obviously they both both of those caught three touchdowns, you know, both those players caught three touchdowns touchdowns in the Super Bowl. But I, I just looked at this team like, man, I believe Brady still had it physically. And that was kind of a a big thing where I was like, I, I just I didn't see a drop off. So you give him the type of talent he has around. Uh, him he's going to be fine and in that division i think it's going it, to it's going to be a struggle but to them i think that's going to help him grow and and to me i just look at it like i i have i have no doubt in my mind that the super bowl hangover does not matter to tom brady um that like any of those like super bowl uh trends i just throw out the window like i, I would never pick like I, you know if it was any other team with any other quarterback of like there's no way that they're going back to back I mean they may make it there but i i just it's so hard to do it with tom i'm like yeah of course he's gonna do it of course he's gonna do it and and it's not just tom it's it's the fact that they did bring back everyone and mm-hmm. in this in, in the one area where they could have really improved pass catching running back they had they address that yeah and that's huge mm-hmm. <laughs> like that is huge like they struggled greatly. Like people like, Oh, Fournette was great, uh, Ronald Jones was great. Yeah, they were they were really great runners and they had some really key runs. But they left a lot of points and a lot of yards on the on the field by dropping. I always think Fournette was in that negative. Like I know
2: he had a few really great games and I'm not trying to take that away from him, but I also just feel like when Fournette was getting the ball, there were better things and, and and James and I talk about this all the time. Like, part of the value of a running back is, like, even if there is a better play, you just give the quarterback a break, yeah. right? Uh, and so I get that. But to me, well, Fournette was probably the worst one of the running backs they trotted out there. I just – I didn't – I've never been a fan. Um, and so I think addressing the pass-catching running back problem this off season is going to be huge because it means less snaps for yeah. Fournette
1: and and look when he's in limited steps because he he did play well in the playoffs uh he had a yeah. really uh a, a game in the super bowl um uh, but again and you know you, you kind of forget a lot about the uh <clears throat> you gotta you kind of forget a lot about the uh just the drops and there were a lot and and you know a few in, in games like two or three at times and it, it's like that kills drives and that kills them and, and it could be the difference between winning and losing
0: Okay, so I have, I have one last question before we uh, wrap this up and head out for uh, the rest of the day here. Uh, where would you rank these this set of skill position players from last year's Super Bowl team among other Tom Brady-winning Super Bowl teams?
1: Hmm. Super Bowl-winning teams? Yes, Ooh. so that, that yeah. excludes every Randy Moss team. <laughs> yeah, sadly, and that, that kills me. That's like a, a, a knife to the gut. But, um, oh, that's really, that's you know is it the best because i think i I think an argument can be made it's the best it's it's either this or 2016 and and 2016 had a lot of i don't think they had the 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 uh notable talent uh and and without gronk you know missing that super bowl that certainly took away from it but uh uh 2016 malcolm mitchell was a special rookie he played great uh danny Amendola. uh Brandon LaFell. They were just all perfect players at the perfect time. I think big picture wise, though, you would clearly sit there and say uh, Godwin, um, uh, obviously Evans, you know, Antonio Brown, who could very well be their best receiver next year, as crazy as that sounds. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gronkowski, so on and so forth. This is clearly, I think, his best, uh, but by really a long shot, if you think about it. And, And that's really a testament to Brady when it comes to what he's done in his career.
0: All right, uh, that's going to do it for today. Uh, I would like to thank you, Ian, for joining us today. Um, and you can always check out all of the This Is Believeland Real Browns Fans podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, uh, the website thisisbelievein.com, and realbrownsfans.com, in addition to my YouTube channel. Uh, Ian, go ahead and uh, throw all your plugs in there.
1: Well, you can, of course, uh, check out the, the website. It's fullpresscoverage.com. And uh, if you're a hockey fan, check out fullpresshockey.com. And if uh, you want to see me talk quarterbacks on, on, on the good old Twitter machine, you can give me a follow at uh, IGLEN31.
0: Anything from you, Jordan? Thank you so much.
1: <laughs> yeah, no.
2: Uh, thank you so much, Ian. Uh, only thing I'll say, please write and review on Apple Podcasts and whatever other platform because it helps get the show out there.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And one final thing, make sure to subscribe.